Secrets to Real Estate Investing, Episode 129. Welcome to the Secrets of Real Estate Investing Show, where you'll learn powerful strategies from top experts to take your investments to the next level. Here's your host and expert real estate investor, Holly McCann. Well, hey, everyone, and welcome to another exciting episode of Secrets to Real Estate Investing. We have with us a gentleman from the other side of the country from me over in Orlando, Florida, Mr. Andrew Keel. And he has yet uh, another unique path. Everybody has their own path in the real estate investing world. And I'm excited for him to share his with you today because it's about mobile homes. We've had some great mobile home people on in the past and I'm excited to hear his take and his success story and have that shared with you today. So with that, welcome to the show, Andrew. Hey, thanks for having me. Well, why don't you start out by giving our listeners your background and how you got into this? Yeah, definitely. Uh, I started out wholesaling and flipping real estate in the central Florida area. Uh, during my marketing efforts, I found a deal on two mobile homes in the Ocala, Florida area. And I didn't really know what to do with them, right? Because there's not, you know, a deed, it's, it's titles and uh, I ended up, you know, researching quite a bit on Google and YouTube and ended up finding uh, a guy named Lonnie Scruggs. And I just became hooked into all of his content. He has lots of training and he also wrote a book called Deals on Wheels, teaching people how to invest in individual mobile homes uh, through buying them sell and then selling them on like a, like a contract, like a, you know, selling them for payments. And uh, I ended up buying those two homes and then was, was immediately hooked at how strong of demand there was for buyers for those homes. So I went ahead and ended up buying 20 more of them. So <laughs> I had a lot of these you know, deals on wheels, mailbox money, you know, uh, homes that I was selling, bringing in monthly cash flow. Uh, and during the process, I met some park owners that one of which I took out to lunch and uh, he was telling me you know, that my model's compelling, but you know, I really should be investing in the real estate to take advantage of the you know, tax efficiencies and things like that. Uh, versus the personal property that is the mobile homes. So after that conversation, I became hooked into buying a mobile home park, went home, wrote it on my fridge, and just was like, all right, I'm committing to this, uh, but didn't really know where to, where to start. Uh, I ended up going to a couple mobile home park investing seminars, including the MHU boot camp with Frank and Dave. Uh, and I've actually gone three times since. I, I highly recommend that one. Have and, to interject. I think yeah, go I ahead. That one too. Was it in you Texas? <laughs> I went to the one in Orlando. They okay. come down every year, but they do travel. I know they do one on the West Coast as well. Yeah, I think I went to one in Texas in about 2007 or eight. So long okay. time ago, but yeah, it was great. Yeah, tons of information. I mean, they, they're very transparent. They share everything from their lease documents to, I mean, their list of 44,000 mobile home parks in the U.S. So I got a ton of value out of that, loved it, and uh, actually networked and met, because in my class in Orlando, there was like 100 people that, had, that attended. Mm -hmm. And I met uh, a gentleman that was looking to passively invest. And uh, I didn't have a deal at that point, but then you know, I was cold calling park owners, you know, asking them if they would be interested in selling. And I found a deal, and it was in Edwardsville, Illinois. It was the Quail Run Mobile Home Park. It was 67 lots. And uh, yeah, I contacted the gentleman that I met at the boot camp, 
and he agreed to fund the deal. And I mean, that was like putting the whole deal together was just so crazy because I, I didn't have a lot of money. You know, I, I had decent credit, but I didn't have the liquidity that the banks were looking for. So we, we put the deal together with his liquidity and credit and, and, you know, we split the deal 50, 50 and I, you know, it ended up being a, a really great acquisition. And, and since then I've brought on other private equity investors and I just completed a syndication uh, of, a, of a mobile home park portfolio. Uh, so it's now we're at 14 parks. It's, it's been a great ride. Holy moly. And about how many pads is that in your 14 parks total? It's about 850 pads. Wow. That's a lot. So um, whole different model than owning homes, but man, that can be great because you don't have to deal with so much of the stuff that you deal with, with rental homes. <laughs> so you just got the dirt you're dealing with and maybe some utilities, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's cool. So that was your, your first deal. You, I love to ask people about their first deal. That was your first park deal. Um, what else can you tell us about that? Do you still have that same park? We do. Yeah. Uh, I actually have a case study on my website, keelteam.com that actually shows like the actual numbers and everything, Oh, okay. Uh, which is pretty cool. It's, uh, if you'd like me to go through it, I can kind of share some of those. Yeah, definitely. I know people want to know inquiring minds want to know, share the numbers. <laughs> yeah, cool. So on that deal, uh, we purchased it for 1.34 million. Uh, the in initial investment capital needed was 400,000. Uh, there was recourse debt for both partners. Uh, we closed that in June of 2017. Uh, you know, the, the rehab in that park, we had to bring in six homes to fill six vacant lots. And then we had to rehab two homes to get it fully occupied. So we did that in the first three months. And uh, our first distribution came in December 2018, uh, which was 85,000. And then in April of 2019, we refinanced that property, which was about you know, 21, 21 months later, we refinanced and we were able to cash out uh, 783,000 uh, plus an additional 65,000 from cash flow. So, you know, overall, uh, we were able to pull out 933,000, uh, you know, repaid the initial 400,000 plus we had 533,000 uh, excess that we were able to pull out as a return. So, uh, the, the ROI annually was like 129%. So uh, obviously the first deal was, was one of the, was a very successful one and it, it was one of our best. And what is your exit strategy? Do you plan on holding it long-term or what's the, yeah, yeah okay. all of our parks we plan on uh, holding long-term, you know, for the cash flow. Yeah. Awesome. So that sounds really good. And you did that with just one partner or multiple partners? I did that deal with just one partner. Wow. Okay. And have you done more deals with that same partner? Yeah. After that one went, went as planned, uh, we've done four other deals together. So um, hopefully those turn out once we get to the refinance point on those, hopefully they, they turn out, you know, similar. That's interesting. So something I hear on a bigger pockets a lot is their burn method by rehab. Wait, I'm not going to get it now that I'm like saying that. What is that? No, buy, buy, rehab, refinance, um, repeat, something like that. So yep, is that kind of your strategy too? You buy it, rehab it, and then refinance it to pull your cash out? That's the, that's the exact strategy. Yep. 
Yeah, not bad. I love it. So you need a, a part, somebody needs to have the money or the credit to help purchase it. And then you need a partner that's willing and able to do the work. And maybe both of you or one of you does a due diligence. So yeah, I got different components to putting that deal together, but it can be really um, lucrative, obviously. So yeah, why don't you, um, why don't we have like, um, I want to, I, I didn't prep you for this, but like uh, maybe a comedic break of something maybe that's um, funny or interesting <laughs> that's happened with one of your tenants or home purchasers. Um, <laughs> I know mobile homes are famous for attracting the Jerry Springer type crowd, but have you had any interesting stories that you can share while not revealing names to protect the innocent or the guilty? Yes, <laughs> <laughs> definitely. So uh, I actually move on site, uh, you know, about for the, the two to three months after ownership, after we, we purchase it uh, to, you know, oversee the renovation processes mm -hmm. uh, and, and set up new management. So my wife and I last year moved to Ohio uh, with our two-year-old daughter. Um, she was one at the time. We moved to Ohio just south of Youngstown and we bought a park and we were living in, there was like an old farmhouse in front of the property. We were living in that house, uh, you know, while we were, we were on site. And one evening we came home from dinner and there was one of those, one of those big country, like it's the butter, those, it's like a brown container. It's like a big butter. Butter know, churner thing? Yeah, butter it's like churn? a butter, well, it's like the plastic bin that butter goes in. Oh, okay. And there was a note on top that said, you know, hey, I made, made too much chili, help yourself. And that was all that it said on top of the this butter, you know, Tupperware piece. So I, my first reaction was, Hey, I just bought this park. We raised rents, you know, somebody in here is upset at me and this is, this is a bad plan, right? They're trying to get me back. Yeah. So I ended up just throwing the chili away. We didn't eat it. And then like a week later, one of the tenants came up to the door and knocked on the house door that we were living in. And he said, Hey, you know, I just wanted to see how that chili was that, that I dropped off the other night. I wanted to see if you guys enjoyed it and not wanting to hurt his feelings. You know, I just said, Oh, thank you so much. The chili tasted great. You know, really appreciate that. Um, and just kind of left it at that. Well, he ended up telling me that he had caught a raccoon and, and he trapped a raccoon in the back of the park and that he skinned it and used the meat from the raccoon in his chili. So thankfully we did not eat the chili, but that was raccoon meat that he used in the chili uh, for his, his world famous chili. Yeah. So that may or may not have been carrying rabies. Um, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So. That's a very um, good story. And I'm, I'm glad that you didn't eat the chili just to be on the safe side and that you're still with us. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> Coon chili. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I didn't realize you moved on site to the parks. Um, how does that work out for you? Do people know you're the owner? Yeah, so normally we try to get like an Airbnb in the, the same town, but not live right actually in the park, just because while we were in Ohio, I mean, we were bombarded all hours of the night. You know, anything that was going on, they were knocking on our door uh, and they didn't have any respect for our time. So uh, we try to stay outside of the park if we can, but when we come on site, 
you know, we, we usually tell them unless the previous owner has already told them and we tell them we're with the management company and we're just there to, you know, oversee the, the new ownership uh, just to try to create that ability to kind of blame, blame it on someone else. If, if there was bad news that had to be, uh, you know, brought uh, to the tenants. Yeah, for sure. I know a lot of um, people do that. It's a great way to insulate. You work for the owner, you work for the company that owns whatever piece of investment property is to insulate yourself from, you know, any potential negative yeah. things. Yeah. 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 There's, there's just that, you know, that thought that, oh, you know, you're this big bad owner and, and, you know, you're, they instantly think that you're rich, you know, yes, oh, you're, you're, just, rich. you're a millionaire, you're rich. And then they saw my Chevy Cruze that had 140,000 miles on it. And it just confused the heck out of them. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, that's the stigma. Yeah. I mean, that is smart. Cause I remember one time years ago, we had a tenant who was a meth addict, but um, I remember her telling my husband because the stupid bank had printed out a receipt when she paid her rent showing a balance in the account. And there was over a hundred thousand dollars in that account with one of our partners. And she said, I saw your bank amount and you're rich and I'm going to come and find you. We're like, <gasps> so we instantly got a PO box, stopped dealing with anything coming to our personal residence. And like, it's scary oh, yeah. um, having a crazy drug addict. I mean, thankfully she lived two hours away and never came, but you never know what can happen. So insulate yourself and don't give your tenants or uh, you know anybody you're dealing with your address. Protect yourself and your family for sure, huh? I agree, 100%. Yeah. So can you tell us about um, maybe um, your, one of your best deals or your best deal and give us some details on that? Yeah, so uh, it would actually be that park in Ohio that we purchased. It was Deer Run. You know, we were able to get on site, you know, oversee the renovation uh, of actually seven homes that were empty, you know, when we took over. And then we brought in seven new homes and also brought in seven used homes. Uh, so we were able to add a lot of value and increase the value of that property over a million dollars. So that was a huge success story and it provides great cash flow to this day. It's also a seller finance deal. Uh, we were able to get financing for 70% of the purchase price, uh, fixed for 5%, fixed at 5% uh, with a 20, it was interest only payments. So no amortization on that one. And then it ballooned in five years. So we got some really good, you know, attractive terms. Uh, myself, when we bought that park, you know, I didn't have the liquidity, you know, to go to a bank and get, uh, you know, good financing. So I would have had to bring in a partner if I was going to take it down with someone else, but I was able to purchase that, you know, just myself. So that was a, that was a huge deal for us. That's very interesting. And tell me if you have any idea, I know seller financing is much more common in the mobile home park. Um, investing world than it is in maybe apartments or uh, I won't say rental houses. Rental houses is probably more common, but how many of the deals that you look at and analyze, like what percentage would you say seller financing is available or a factor in if you have some rough guess of your experience? Yeah, we've done three uh, seller finance deals out of our 14 parks. So it's, it's available. Uh, it's, you know, it's becoming more and more competitive you know, to get those types of deals because sellers are being approached by, you know, a few different buyers. 
but the one thing about the space is that you know the majority of the parks in the country are owned by mom and pop you know owners and they have a lot of equity in these properties because they've owned them for 20 30 plus years yeah. so they're more flexible when they're selling you know and they're they're open to doing seller financing um, so yeah it is it is available which is nice yeah, it creates that win-win situation, probably gets them a higher sale price than they might get if they didn't offer it, right? Yeah, and extra income from the interest. So uh, that's what we try to create is that win-win. That's awesome. Okay, why don't you tell us about one of your um, most challenging or worst deals and, and what you learned from it? <laughs> yeah, uh, so we got a seller finance deal that was a really, the numbers worked great. Uh, but what we've learned from when we first started buying parks to now is that the more lots, the more tenants that you have, the more occupied tenants you have, the easier it is to you know, scale and to hire a manager and do certain things like that. So uh, one of our parks that we bought uh, was a 50 lot mobile home park. However, there was only 12 tenants when we bought it. So. Mm. It was cash flowing, you know, slightly, but it, you know, it only had 12 tenants. So, you know, there's not a lot of, you know, options when it comes to choosing a manager for that property. And it's also very capital intensive to, you know, to go from that, you know, percentage of occupancy to increase it. So that was a, a tough project that's still in progress. Um, I think we've brought in five homes in that park. Uh, so it's, it's just moving slow and we didn't raise all of the money up front for capital improvements, you know, moving forward. So it made it a little more difficult where in most cases, you know, we, we raise the money for the down payment, closing costs and capital improvements up front versus trying to, you know, get capital influxes as we go along, you know, with using cash flow from the, uh, from the property. So that was a little more challenging out of all of our deals we've done. So what does a mobile home cost you to, to get and uh, put it in the park? Yeah. If we're going with new homes, they cost around 30, 30 to 35,000. Um, so we can buy those direct from the factory and then, you know, there's transport and installation costs that are, you know, additional, uh, but all in, you know, for new homes, you can, you can be around 40, you know, 40,000 installed uh, with, but used homes, you know, we can buy them for as little as, you know, 5,000 bucks, get them transported and, and installed, uh, usually for around 15 to 17,000, including site prep. And then is there a significant difference in what you can um, lease them for between the used and the new? Yeah. So, you know, we want to, we don't want to own the homes, but uh, usually with the new homes, just because we do have debt on those, we will just do straight rentals on those. And you know, the new homes will be able to rent out for 700, 750 a month. Uh, the used homes, it's closer to you know, 450, 500 a month. Uh, so you're still getting your lot rent, which is in our parks around 300 a month, plus a little bit extra to, to cover the spread. Wow, very interesting. Totally different numbers than we have in Southern California on. Um, <laughs> oh, I bet. <laughs> I've looked at a few mobile home deals, but it's been a long time, but yeah, they're definitely, definitely more expensive here for sure. <laughs> yeah, I bet. It's all relative though. So tell me a little bit about um, your syndication experience and was that, I think you said it was more than one park that you put in that? 
Yeah, so we syndicated a portfolio of five mobile home parks. It was 222 lots uh, in the last quarter of 2018. And it was, a, it was a big project because, you know, you're doing due diligence and due diligence on one mobile home park is very, you know, intense. It's, it's at least 30 days of, you know, research, talking to the local municipalities, talking to zoning, talking to, you know, the sheriff's office, talking to contractors and, you know, making sure the infrastructure is sound. Uh, so doing it on one park was a, was a big endeavor. On five parks, it's obviously a, a full-time gig. So we really dove in and we raised just under $2 million from 18 investors. And, uh, you know, we, we ended up purchasing a, that portfolio for a really good price. It was around a 10 or 11, 11 cap uh, price for the, for the properties. And, uh, you know, we're still in the renovation stages, but uh, I lived up there for February, March, and April of this year. And we, you know, we facilitated bringing in 17 new homes and we purchased 24 used homes to fill vacant lots. All the while we rehabbed, I think it was seven or eight used homes that were empty in the park uh, and then tore down another four. So it was a major project, uh, but you know, come this fall, it'll be a cash flow machine. Wow, well congratulations. That sounds like an exciting deal. That's awesome Thank you. you put that together. And then do you as the syndicator, like how does the financing work? If you could share that, do you make a upfront fee for putting that whole deal together? Yeah, so we'll get an acquisition fee and then we'll also get a, a management fee. Uh, and then what we offered to our investors on that deal was a 10% uh, pref along with a 50-50 split of the equity. So, you know, we really want to get our, our, you know, gain out of the equity. So we, we take a pretty, you know, a pretty good size of that, but it aligns our interests with our investors, you know, pretty well because we don't get anything until the, the initial capital is paid back. So okay. we, build, we build up to a refinance point around year four, you know, refinance the initial capital plus, you know, any pref that's, that's due to them. And then after that, uh, you know, it'll be a split of the cash flow based on equity 50, 50. Why don't you explain to those who haven't heard the term before what pref is, what does that stand for? Sure. So a pref is a preferred return on your initial investment capital. So if you invest, you know, a hundred thousand dollars and you're getting a 10% pref, that means you're getting the first 10%, you know, out of the cash flow, you're getting that on your initial investment uh, before anything else is paid out from a, a distribution standpoint. Yep. So then the, it's attractive to the investors so, because they know, hey, I'm gonna get 10% plus there's upside. Like that is a fantastic appealing opportunity to investors because what are they gonna get in a bank? What are they gonna get in a mutual fund or stock market? We've had some great years recently, but who knows where that's gonna be in the future. So yeah, that sounds like a really attractive return um, for your investors. If you guys are doing a great job finding deals, it has that kind of return in it. That's awesome. Win-win for everyone. <laughs> exactly. That's what we try to do is a win-win. And, um, you know, we're, we're, we do a couple syndications every year. Uh, so we're always looking for, for new investment partners. That's great. Yeah. And so listeners, if you want to learn about investing with him, he'll, I'll give all of his information of where you can do that. And then something to consider is whenever you're investing in real estate, 
uh, don't forget about your retirement funds, you know, self-directed IRAs or Roth IRAs. There's a lot of um, ways that you can invest. You don't have to just have your liquid taxable cash, as I call it, um, that's available. Look at your retirement investing strategies and maybe you want to go into something like this. So, um, hey, so Andrew, tell our listeners, so for our free download this week, listeners, Andrew's giving us his due diligence checklist um, that he uses when he analyzes a mobile home park. Maybe you could just give us like one or two things off the checklist. Don't give it all away. But um, yeah, tell us like some things that maybe people wouldn't necessarily think of that they should do. Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. So uh, first off, we get a phase one environmental report done on every property. Uh, those of you in residential probably you know, haven't, haven't dealt with that much, but that basically checks out the property and makes sure there's no, you know, underground, you know, gas tanks, you know, or some sort of underground septic tank that was put on the property uh, or an oil spill or something like that. Um, so that's really, really important. That's a deal killer. If we, if we get a failed phase one, we cancel the deal right away. Um, another thing that we do is we get a zoning letter from the local, you know, zoning ordinance uh, just making sure that it is zoned to be a, a mobile home park or that it's legal non-conforming because uh, local municipalities uh, don't really, you know, don't really, I wouldn't say they don't like mobile home parks, but that's not their preferred asset to be in, in a community. Yes. So sometimes there can be some zoning issues. So we want to make sure up front that it is okay to be a, a mobile home park just so we don't have any, you know, any catastrophic issues down the line. Uh, where we, you know, you could potentially get shut down. Yeah, those are great, um, super important things. So yeah, so listeners, go get this free download at hardhatholly.com forward slash 129. We're show number 129. You can also get this by texting. So if you have your phone that you're listening to this on, you can open up your texting app and to the number, you're going to text to the number 38470 hard hat with no spaces between it uh, for hard hat holly so you're going to text to the number 38470 hard hat and we will send you back uh, the link to this download as well as our past and we'll just notify you once a week of our latest podcast publishing so if you want to be in the know and see who's on every week you'll get that weekly reminder so Andrew, how do people find out more about you and possibly working with you? Yeah, if you're you know, interested in mobile home parks in general, uh, thinking about buying a mobile home park, or you're interested in passively investing in mobile home parks, the best way to get a hold of me would be keelteam.com. That's my website. It's just K-E-E-L-T-E-A-M.com. You can set up a consult with me. And we can chat one-on-one -on -one about your, your investment goals and some of the benefits of, of investing in mobile home parks. They're very tax efficient and, you know, also a very good asset class, uh, you know, from terms of cash flow and, and return standpoint. So, uh, yeah, feel free to reach out on my website. I love that. I'm sure this was intentional. Sounds like SEAL team. Keel team. <laughs> Keelteam.com. Love that. K-E-E-L. T-E-A-M.com. So with that, thank you so much. Um, our show is wrapping up here, but Andrew, th thanks so much for all of your insights and sharing your story and your path to success. I'm super excited for you. 
Um, what final words of advice would you have for somebody considering mobile home park investing? Yeah, my one piece of advice would be, you know, a lot of people think that they need to raise the money first and then go start looking for deals. Uh, I would advise that person to go find a deal first because the money is usually the easiest thing in, in putting a deal together. If the numbers work, the money will be there. So I would advise them just to, you know, get their hands, you know, dirty and get out and find some deals and the rest of it will work itself out. Love it. Well, thank you so much. So listeners, hopefully this opened your eyes. If you haven't heard of mobile home park investing to, you know, a new opportunity in the real estate investing world and definitely check it out and get out there and take some action of building your own wealth. Thanks, Andrew. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Holly. Thanks for listening today. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review our show. And let us know in your review what you'd like to hear more of. For the show notes and free downloads for this episode and all others, go to hardhatholly.com.